Hello, I'm Matt, and I own most of the Amazing Spider-Man run, but not all of it. And I'm Shannon, I'm from Down the Webline. You're listening to The Untold Talks of Spider-Man, where we'll be unearthing deep cuts and forgotten stories in Spider-Man lore. Our goal is to find these lost gems and share them with you as we discover what it truly means to be a Spider-Man story. All right, today we're going in on a comic you've probably forgotten about. It's Trade Secrets. Amazing Spider-Man 262. Uh, Bob Layden doing script and pencils. He's also on inks um, with Garzon uh, helping. (laughs) Rick Parker lettering. Christy Schwelly? Sheel, maybe? Sheel. That makes more sense. Uh, Coloring. Then Tom DeFalco and Danny Fingeroth editing. And notably, uh, Jim Shooter, the editor-in-chief, which actually does make a difference on this issue. Uh, So the availability of this issue, um, physically, it is cheap. You'll find it. In a trade, uh, we have it in the epic collection, Ghosts of the Past. On Comixology, yes, definitely. (laughs) And Marvel Unlimited, probably, highly likely, pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I, st- I need to find a better way to check that. I just go to the Marvel like site and they say like a digital copy is available, and I'm like, I guess that means it's on there. I don't, I don't know though, because sometimes they have comics that you can buy direct from Marvel, like it's through Comicsology, but like differently, and then it's it's an odd thing. Anyways. <laughs> the the sum total of this issue is spider-man is caught with his mask off and his photo is taken by this uh tabloid shutterbug jake jones just scum of the earth and spider-man has to you know save his private identity and get that picture back basically so shannon what what did you think of this issue overall do you do you have a fun time or not so much it was fun uh i mean it's uh it's like a a, a tropey kind of story you know like a, a bit of a, a flip with uh peter having to worry about someone else taking his picture uh when he spends his whole life taking pictures of others so a bit of a, a sort of cat and mouse chase across new york as he tries to essentially spare his identity and uh deal with this guy who is not really all that different than him when you get down to it yeah i mean i think this is a fun issue and it was just kind of a stock issue they had um this was sitting in the file until they needed it and this is when they needed it and it's funny because if you look at the cover at the very top it says special issue which means you know we had to cover it because it's special Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's it's a photo cover there's a guy in a spider-man costume and jeans on the cover and i was kind of mystified so i started digging into it and the common knowledge is that it was for this canceled 80s film and the actor is scott lova who is tapped to play peter parker and i looked at it and it's like okay so he's done a bunch of stunt work for like the x-men movie that came out and then agents of shield and a bunch of other things that aren't marvel um but i was like but he's a stuntman so what and i found this article um and i gotta give credit uh to cbr because i usually knock these kinds of sites because i think they're usually a little i don't know not so great but uh brian cronin looked into it and bob Layden spilled the beans basically this was a 
it was a photo cover of that actor stunt guy whatever and what it was was that he had done modeling and kind of stunt work for them for little pr stunts that they had done around new york and whatnot you know at um jewelry stores or whatever just trying to promote the comics and this was that guy and that's why i said jim shooter was relevant here because he had this idea that marvel should start doing photo covers i'm assuming somewhat influenced by some indie comics of the time and so this was a shot at that but in fact there is actually a drawn version of this image also available in case they change their mind at the last minute so it was really just a photo cover and it was a stunt to see if it would prop up sales and i guess it didn't yeah because we haven't seen it since but yeah there are no more um it's it's kind of a cool cover i mean it feels very 80s uh, oh yeah with those the, jeans, the jeans that hair. and the hair and the belt buckle um but and the film grain yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the uh i thought it was cool that the sort of spider-man costume that they used at least the the top was from the 60s style the emblem and all that it's a little bit of a callback i'm guessing that's just the costume that they had <laughs> you know like <laughs> that's the end of the thought the extent of it <laughs> yeah like it was probably the spider-man costume this guy has had for years and uh used it whenever he had a spider-man job i'm guessing that's what it was based on what we know so but at the, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, it makes sense that they, they were thinking about this guy because this is before, you know, they had CGI effects back then, but it was not what they have now at all. So tapping a, a stuntman who could maybe do a lot of the maneuvers in like with real stunts as opposed to CGI, it kind of, you know, it works. I don't know how he would do with the acting part, but it's the 80s, so I'm not sure they were all concerned about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and I, I mean, that movie is just a rumor. It was a logical conclusion. I think someone jumped to and it just kind of took off years later, but that was never the case. So, though, I mean, we did eventually get a live action Spider-Man sort of thing and kind of more in this vein with that CBS show, but uh, that was never, it's not very fondly remembered. No. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, though, it's kind of funny because we have all these alternate covers now and they'll do like four covers for a comic. It's kind of crazy that we haven't really seen a photo cover of anything. You think they would have landed on that just by the need to create so many covers now? Well, I think uh, nowadays with the sort of diversification of artistic styles, I think that's ended up being the way they went as opposed to more realistic photo type. Oh, sure. But I'm talking about like those months that they're like Lego variant covers or like <laughs> hip hop variant covers. And I'm like, even especially now, like, you know, like famous cosplayer right. variant covers would be something to land on pretty easily that would build some community love. I don't know, just maybe this kind of interest. Maybe this guy's just before his, before his time and we're going to be seeing this kind of thing way in the future. There you go. 2099. <laughs> way in the future. All right. Shall, yeah. shall we get started? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's stick <laughs> to the actual thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, okay. yeah, this opening page, Spider-Man singing, the friendly skies of Arachnid. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is. And he's he's swinging on a web line. I, I love the physics of web lines because they attach to places. And uh, as someone who is a, a pilot for fixed wing single engine, so pretty small planes, the fact that he's swinging from an, a location that's taller than the tower is uh, is entertaining. Uh, <laughs> 
actually, I did want to talk a little bit about this sort of one of those things uh, that when you're in an industry that then is portrayed in comics or any other type of media that the, like the little details uh, sort of are amusing. And mm-hmm. I like what the, the tower controller over here is talking about. He says, Roger flight 571. We track a TWA DC nine in your three o'clock position and a Spider-Man. So it's this sort of semblance of authenticity without actually being accurate. And then if you're actually accurate, that it would sound more authentic, but it wouldn't be as descriptive. And I like that weird kind of balance that we have here because... Oh, yeah. What would be more authentic? What would be more authentic? Well, uh, in a tower, I imagine that is as busy as this one because it's in New York City. You would definitely have multiple controllers who would be talking. And here, Peter is essentially by the terminal and he's not near any taxiways. So I don't know if they would even be talking to any pilots and making them aware that there's a Spider-Man swinging around by the terminal. Uh but if he was near a taxiway, then it would be the ground controller that would then be making pilots aware. And they wouldn't use like uh, the three o'clock, you know, the clock face to tell pilots because that's more for airplanes that are in the traffic pattern or in the surrounding area. So mm-hmm. you would tell a pilot that was maybe in the traffic pattern coming into land that to keep their eye out for traffic at a, a certain distance in a direction based on the clock or based on their compass uh but spider-man is nowhere near high enough in the air to be a, a problem for traffic and he's not near the runway oh yeah well i mean i i think it's more like i saw spider-man was shocked like not i hope that it was... i hope but even then like what he's saying like it doesn't like i don't even think i've heard uh atc use roger but roger sounds so authentic you know what i mean maybe he's talking to roger (laughs) but it's kind of fun like i i enjoy it it's a it's a little silly and but like it is it's one of those things like when you're from an industry and and you see stuff and you're like oh he should have said it this way or you should have done it that way but then you think about it and you're like but to your reader it uh it wouldn't translate quite as well right so moving on from the first page (laughs) yeah that's a splash page you know um (laughs) So yeah, Peter's going to the airport on assignment to get a photo of Reagan, presumably. Um, and so is this tabloid guy, but hope the tabloid guy is hoping for more of a you know sleazy photo of something. I don't know. And yeah, the, the tabloid being Jake Jones, and Jake catches Peter in a uh, storage closet, I guess. Yeah, Peter dropped down from like a, a skylight like he does. And yeah, he he's in the storage closet because Jake ducks in there to he stole a woman's billfold and wants to take all her money and ditch the evidence. So bad luck for Peter. Good luck for this guy. Yeah. And what's kind of funny about it, too, is, I mean, I, I reading about it and I was trying to find other takes on this comic and most people are like, it's all right. Um, <laughs> There was one note, though, about uh pete's ignoring his spider sense because he looks shocked when jake sees him but the thing is is the exact same lines are used on jake in the panel prior which to me denotes that those lines are shock not spider sense especially because they're not wavy oh yeah and so like the spider sense didn't work at all here well in other comics it totally would and i just thought that was a funny little note here like it's needed for the plot setup it's not a big deal it's just let's like okay (laughs) I feel like we need to be honest. The spider sense is usually pot driven anyway. 
Like, is it? It is. It is. Are you saying there aren't hard rules that are constantly <laughs> followed, meticulously maintained? <laughs> I am. I'm standing my ground on that. <laughs> okay. They do explain it, though. They do explain it. Like, he he realizes momentarily that his his exhaustion from running around and not getting any sleep and now going to go take pictures of the president that he's just sort of ignoring his spider sense which i think he does a lot i think the spider sense is not necessarily plot driven but he does because i think it goes off a lot that there are times where he kind of ignores it unless it's really like giving him a headache like i'm about to die levels yeah yeah, it's definitely been portrayed differently at times. Like, I know there was one where, like, he was, like, in trauma or whatever, and it was going off at, like, paper because I could give him a paper cut or something, and versus, like, it almost barely going off right before a sledgehammer cracks into his head, and it's, like... Yeah, very, very subjective. <laughs> right after their little shock moment, and Jake gets this photo, um, then Peter jumps out with without his mask on so like presumably more people saw him but whatever uh then he's in mask giving chase to this guy and i just want to know there's this little bit like you know spider-man says i don't have to put the hurts on you hurts being at you know brand in the airport and i thought that was perfect spider-man humor and that's something that i get particular on because i hate when people write spider-man like he's deadpool basically mm-hmm. they're like oh it's just pop culture references whatever is uh... a yuck yuck in the moment and i'm like spider-man's more like referential to what's around him or the situation it's not just whatever so i don't know to me that felt more more spider-man yeah i agree he's very like in the moment referential not you know although there are there's points actually in this comic where he references pop culture too but it doesn't i don't think hit as well as the the hurts quip and i also want to note that he's quipping while this guy is running off with a picture of him like (laughs) oh yeah well i mean he'll quip when people are you know two inches away from killing him so yeah that tracks um yeah and then this jake guy gets in a you're in the industry what's that thing called you know what i am not sure i think it's like just like a little luggage tram okay yeah it's this like it would have the speed of a go-kart though like i don't (laughs) like those things are barely faster than walking i don't understand why the guy stopped running to get in this little like pop-up machine I, I like that like Peter is having a hard time. You know what? It's only hauling one little car of luggage, so maybe it's just hauling us. Yes, um, but then Jake like goes to ram this thing into an express bus on the way, which I mean, I know the guy's supposed to be scummy, but I mean that's straight super villain. Like I don't know. To me, that was like wow, that escalated very quickly. <laughs> it did. It did. But he got away, so that was what was important. And that was another thing I really liked about this comic, is the moment it happens, Peter, like, yells to the heavens, like, no, Darth Vader style. Yes. And I like that. I like that he's not like, like, this isn't a Batman thing. This isn't a Superman thing. I'm like, well, shocks. Where are the clues? What's our next step? He's, like, mad and frustrated and upset. And that's just, I appreciated that. I appreciated him being mad at something that went horribly awry. I like, I like though, but this is also gets back to his his reputation with everybody like praising him from the bus, like "good job, thank you, you're all right," you know. And he's just like, "whatever, no," and he's just yelling and he's just upset. And people are like, "Wow, he really is a menace!" Like. <laughs> 
can't even get the accolades when <laughs> yeah when he deserves them because he's too busy distracted by other things yeah and then uh we flip to both guys in their rooms against the sunset kind of there's a serious mood change here like we go from these sort of like airport hijinks to like noirish but kind of sexualized like the the opening line is evening in manhattan there are eight million stories in the naked city two of them have just become intertwined like whoa What's going on between Peter and this this slimy uh, tabloid uh, photographer here? <laughs> well, yeah, and Peter's wearing this V-neck like that low. I can't honestly believe. <laughs> low existed. V. It has yeah that <laughs> it has like a, honestly even though this was in the eighties it has like a very strong seventies vibe honestly like the bell bottom jeans the the V neck that goes down to his, almost to his abdomen like. I'm thinking this was 85. So, I mean, how long was this thing on file? I don't know, but it came out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did MJ leave that around? Like, that is just, I've never seen a men's cut that goes that deep. That is past the peck. Well, he's, <laughs> he's got it, so he's working it. That's what I see. Well, there you go. And then uh, Pete, wearing the shirt, goes into his office. <laughs> to talk to ben amidst some other romantic lighting like this is some very different lighting like he's sitting from... on ben's desk let's be yeah. yeah yeah and and ben tells oh have i been saying the wrong name jake jones yeah jake jones um who's apparently dirty jake jones and ben knows him as a scumbag and if ben's talking about him like that you know this guy's no good yes well they've been they've been like steadily feeding us this like how slimy this guy is and so how now we have this confirmation from ben now yeah uh who jake's getting to a bit of predicament trying to lose this picture and getting into trouble and then spider-man's on the hunt for him which is there anything in here that particularly stuck out to you because it just i mean it kind of just goes like that for a bit (laughs) It does, and you sort of, like, get this idea that, like, even though Jake, obviously, you know, he's been in the business for a long time, he doesn't really have a lot in the way of connections. Uh, I feel like he's burned his bridges or whatever. But he also is running around with the negatives in his pocket. It just sort of reminds you of this sort of simpler time where, you know, you have a negative and that's, like, it. Like, you just get the negative and the picture doesn't exist compared to now where you have things like cloud storage like if someone took a picture of peter now in the closet it would have been public five seconds later and it would have been a meme (laughs) yeah yeah that's a really good point i actually didn't think about it because i was just in the mood but yeah like you know like this story wouldn't work now (laughs) at all no no it would have been and this guy could take his time or he could just go to buzzfeed i don't know (laughs) i can't get a connection why won't my wi-fi work that's like what you'd have to do Like, I would see that he would be too cheap, like, at the airport to pay for the Wi-Fi there, and then... I mean, that's reasonable. Yeah, and then that would be when Spider-Man gets him, because this guy was just too cheap and didn't want to use his hotspot or something, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you really have to reach for it. Um, In the middle of this chase, though, we get this, like, half-a-page, three-panel breakdown of, like, like, well, let me ask you, Shane, do do you remember that time Uncle Ben died? (laughs) uncle ben <laughs> right i i just 
like in the middle of the story, and then they just Peter's is just like, oh man, I have to be responsible because Uncle Ben died that one time. I'm like, what is going? Why are we? Why are we doing this? Well, I I I think the the effort being made here is to then look at okay, this guy we've demonstrated through the whole issue up to this point. This guy's about to get his comeuppance. He's out there trying to pedal this without going to J. Jonah Jameson, which I feel like is your first stop. Uh yeah. I, it's like his third. I know, it's like his last thought. He's like, Well, I guess I can go to Jameson. But this is after he starts tangling with like an organized crime family and they're about to beat him up and Peter gets there just in time. So it's like this ethical moment where he's like, Well if I do nothing right now, my problem is solved. And then he's like, oh no, Uncle Ben, I did nothing that one time. I'll never do that again. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you up with the ethical point. Because yeah, I mean, that is the story. But I mean, like, why did we have to go to Uncle Ben? Like, Spider-Man should have to realize it's wrong on its own. Because that's one of my favorite bits, like, no matter how many times they bring it up, is Spider-Man will, like, think of you know the like quick easy kind of a wrong thing to do kind of our first impulse right like like well i could just let him bite it nah you know that's not right i i've just seen it handled so many times so much more eloquently but for here to be this whole like stroll and be like well i can't let him die because uncle ben died i'm like that doesn't even really make sense when you break it down it's either right or wrong but because uncle ben died it doesn't make like this guy is not uncle ben so it just didn't I don't know, it didn't hit me. Well, it it's the, also the fact that he just got finished fighting some of these crime mob mafia members, whatever, a minute yeah. ago. And no good nicks. Yeah, no good nicks. And now they're in the alley fighting and now he's having the moment, you know. And he sits down and thinks about his guy. So <laughs> he like let me reflect and then watch the guy die behind him. He's like, Oh, I was thinking about Uncle Ben. I should have stepped in. Well, the other thing too is that as you pointed out earlier, like there's more of a parallel between this guy and Peter where Peter might realize like, I can't let him like how many people might've let me hang. Cause I took a picture they didn't like for a news story or whatever, you know, like maybe there's something to this guy that I can relate to that makes it more human, I guess, even if he's the sleazier side of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's more of an examination or a story there and this issue just doesn't really go for it even though it's just right on the table like the minute you have someone take a picture of peter's secret identity the way that he you know will snap photos of other people when they get unmasked like a villain of his you know i, I just it feels like it's right there and it doesn't go for it i feel like though this would have been an opportunity if they hadn't decided to make jake jones that slimy if they had like stepped off just a little bit if mm-hmm he had you know called him out or whatever like in a way like if not like he knew because the whole point is he doesn't know it's peter parker which is weird if they're in the same industry and he doesn't know a fellow photog so we'll, we'll ignore that but is it i mean jake jones is from out of town i mean how many papers are there how many photographers are you gonna know just because you are one yeah, i don't know i feel like if you if you're in the industry you usually know people but well yeah. but like again like there's plenty of pictures out there of spider-man unmasking people in public he could kind of like you could work an argument in there if you had to you know that would give peter a moment to actually like to trigger the reflection because apparently he's not self-reflecting in this issue so right okay yeah missed opportunity so yeah that's kind of what it feels like um but eventually yeah like you said he deals with the gang members chasing this guy but after saving his life, 
uh spider-man goes after jake and i I don't know how it just seemed like a bit much like spider-man's pulling up the like well how much of a man am i angle (laughs) and it's like threatening to eat him (laughs) yeah he went he went full like having a batman mode and he even like reflects on that in the moment like he just does self-reflect i suppose he's like "Ooh, i sound hokey going for like the vengeance angle but i'm just gonna keep going with it and he yeah. like traps him with the, the web lying across the the mouth of the alley and like starts crawling towards him like he's eating him and make him he's trying to make him give up the the negative right and it's it's spider-man putting on the big scare which we don't see too often and for this sort of a thing it feels weird because the Ultimately, he scares this guy into giving the negatives. And this guy's like, ultimately, like, I bet I could recognize the face if I saw it again. But he doesn't know it's Peter Parker either. So there's that whole interplay. But then it just feels like we're kind of missing the point of it. Because he just made this, like, resolution to save this guy's life. But now he's more or less threatening it, even though we know that's that's just a lie to get the photo then he runs off but this guy ultimately isn't too faced by it but it's also weird that this big spider lie works because he's seen him unmasked like he knows that he's just a guy so it's i don't know it's a a tone shift it's like a an unnecessary tone shift i think yeah um because then it goes back to the way the story was before like it was it would have been better off not going the intimidating route, just the guy, you know, he could have pressured him into giving him the negatives or the guy could have thrown the negatives to just get away and mm-hmm. be like, you know, I have my memory. I'll remember. I remember what he looks like. I don't need the photo. I, you know, I can find out who he is the old fashioned right. way. And then realizing at the very end that it's just an average looking guy in a city of nine million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> uh, but no, I it's a. Uh, it's not a, a bad story. It definitely has some interesting stuff in it, but it's not spectacular either. No, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it's not sensational. Actually, sensational will probably be about right because it is photos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, don't know, I I think it's interesting, but I guess what this kind of raises for me, and I was curious what you thought, is do you think the whole secret identity angle for Spider-Man is really that worthwhile? Like... This is a whole lot of trouble just to make sure one guy can't publish the photo, I guess, which, you know, ultimately we get in like Civil War or whatever, but there's been a few other plays through the years. I don't know. Do you think it's all, does it all make sense? Is it worthwhile or is it kind of a antiquated cliche for superheroes? I think it, it depends on the on the, the type of story and where they fit in the sort of uh, world, so to speak. So I think street vigilantes are kind of in a tough spot. They're, mm-hmm. they're really exposed compared to people who can just hang out in an Avengers Tower or mansion or whatever and be protected or on the X-Men property that they... Well, that's not safe anyways. Yes, I guess. But they're filled with mutants <laughs> hanging out, and they have a they have an army of people. Whereas when you're street veg- vigilantes, usually just you, and they also street vigilantes usually fight where they live. So mm-hmm. that means all your family, all your work uh, buddies, whatever your friends, everyone's sort of exposed. So yeah, but I also think in the long run, a secret identity is not something you can protect forever. So it's like kind of the trouble there is that what, what are you willing to do if it starts to become exposed? Like what would Peter do? Like if this guy did have access, you know, the modern access to the cloud and that, that photo was not something he could just get back in a little envelope as a set of negatives. Like what would he be willing to do to protect that? Yeah, all good thoughts there. I don't know if I can add much more on top of that. So 
Our final question for this is where should we put it on the web of rankings? Do, 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 do. I was thinking about this. So I'm thinking after number 50 and I'll let you pick where after number 50. After number 50? Yes. Oh man, I would put this above number 50 itself. Let's see here. So number 50, for those who don't know, is the one I renamed Sandy Fetus <laughs> because... That's all I'll ever remember about that comic, with Sandman having an identity crisis. The one immediately under that is Local Superhero, which was a fun web of. And right below that is, oh yeah, Mayhem in Manhattan, which was that novel we read. Definitely put it above the novel. Yeah, that's good. Let's just put it above the novel so it's our new 51. Da, da, da. or 52 oh new 52 sorry yeah I, uh, uh, the new 52 yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know what that is because i only read marvel <laughs> comics here i'm gonna make a note i'm gonna call it trade secret but put in photo cover so i remember what this is later because there's no way i'm gonna remember that title to what this issue was it's like a it's like a clever title but does not like immediately conjure the story at all you know they're all spider-man stories trying to remember what's what is a little uh <laughs> confusing at times i feel like then they should have you name their their titles of their issues with your sandy fetus yeah. over here i mean <laughs> i don't think they could call it that <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of titles that work light the night um spirits of the earth mm -hmm. you know those stand out ace one and two i remember but i mean sometimes like blind leading the blind i need to kind of see the cover or something a house is not a home you know it, it's just uh you know there's a lot of them next time we're gonna start our first big block are you ready for this <gasps> yes a bromance of two batmans kissing with webs Mwah. all right it's wolverine and spider-man <laughs> for those who didn't put that together and we'll be starting with a uh, comic I've heard no one ever mention ever in any comics discourse I've ever seen, uh, which is Wolverine 156 and 157. It's a Spider-Man Wolverine team up with the NYPD in the sewers written by Rob Liefeld. Romantic. So it's a, it's a, whew. Yeah, it's going to be a hot date. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening, and if you want to support our show, you can go onto Patreon and not only support us, but support the Amazing Spider Talk. Buck gets you into the Slack. $4, you get exclusive content. At 10 bucks, you get exclusive art. Check it out. Links all around. Good times. And also, we want to thank the Ellie Badge for our theme song. And until someone takes a photo of me undressing in the airport. Make mine untold. 